Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey guys, Gunnar Esiason, as always, joined by Tiffany Rich. It is May, beginning of CF Awareness Month. Can you feel all of the awareness? So much purple. Your favorite. I hate purple. Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, CF Awareness Month. Uh, So in order to celebrate CF Awareness Month on the podcast, uh, we're actually going to be doing something a little different this month. Um, We are going to be uh, doing a number of interviews uh, throughout the month uh, on every Thursday when the podcast comes out. You'll be hearing from a number of different people that either have cystic fibrosis or are affiliated with uh, cystic fibrosis in one way or another. Um, and uh, I think it's just a cool way to, to get as many patient voices in here as possible or even voices from people who are supporting patients. Uh, you know, I think t- today you're going to hear a pretty cool episode, um, and you're going to be hearing from somebody who does have cystic fibrosis, Chelsea Spruance. She uh, is otherwise known as the salty underscore yogi on uh, Instagram. And then, of course, we have Karen Von Berg, who is a physical therapist whom Leah worked with um yes. over over the years and uh leah's goal was actually to get karen on the podcast so uh, to honor those wishes we uh we are having karen on the podcast and uh, she sat down for an interview with tiffany uh, yeah. uh not too long ago and uh, we're pretty excited to share it with you guys yeah i'm excited i love hearing people's stories and just seeing what other people have gone through mm-hmm. it's really enlightening and seeing that you know everybody's different and that people can resonate with different people too so it's really cool right. so i'm really excited yes sir well yes ma'am actually oh. <laughs> um all right so let's get it started we'll uh we'll you'll first hear from chelsea um let's uh let's take it away with the interview all right we're here with uh chelsea's Bruins. And she is 26 years old and with cystic fibrosis. And she's coming to us from the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas to be exact. Uh, Chelsea, how are you? I'm doing good. Sorry there's no palm trees in the background. But you know, <laughs> the inside's a little bit better for acoustics. So maybe next time we'll be on a palm tree beach. So. Maybe. Okay, I can look <laughs> forward to that. Um, so you're actually uh, – I can't imagine the U.S. Virgin Islands being a CF hotbed. Uh, I know of maybe one or two other people with CF who uh, are from the islands. Um Kind of before we get rolling with this, what is it like to be living with cystic fibrosis in a very isolated area? It's very different. It's very, and I think it's funny because everyone kind of asks me as if I'm living on Pluto sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I guess in my world, it wasn't that different because I grew up here and that was the only thing that I ever knew. Kind of like, you know, people grow up in the middle of Kansas and that's normal. And uh, believe me, after going through a road trip through the U.S., we are not as isolated as people think. We have a Kmart, we have a Walgreens, <laughs> we have plenty of things like that. <laughs> but it's very different. It's um, definitely health-wise, it's very different. I have to fly to my clinic, which is a whole other, you know, ball game entirely. But down here, I mean, I went home recently, and like my lung function was better than it had been in two years, just from living here for a few months. So, I'm not saying the salt air cures all. 
but the lifestyle it certainly and might help. everything definitely helps. So uh, that was one of the reasons I came back and I love living down here. It's, it's a different world. Not many people are uh, kind of ready for it. Just living in a, uh, such an isolated, very, very isolated place, like you said. Uh-huh. But I do. I haven't heard of anyone else that lives down here. So I guess I'm trudging the way. But, you know, I get all my meds like everyone else does, like either by mail or through Walgreens. And, you know, my clinic has been amazing to work with you through that. And it's definitely not definitely the probably the question they get every day in their lives of, hey, I think I want to move to an island. What do you think about that? So <laughs> a few months back, that was an interesting uh, bridge to cross with them. Well, it's pretty cool to hear you're managing it. We'll get back to it. Um, but before we get going, uh, you know, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, we know you're uh, you're living on the islands, but um, you know, who is Chelsea's Bruins? Yeah, so obviously, I am an adult with cystic fibrosis. I'm 26. I was diagnosed when I was three months old, so it's you know not anything new to me. It's been something I've grew mm-hmm. up with my whole life. I really grew up super healthy, so I like, didn't really even understand that CF was something that set me apart for years. I grew up down here and for all I knew, everyone did nebulizers and everyone mm. sat in front of their TV and watched, you know, Disney movies for two hours a day shaking. Like I didn't think it was anything different. It wasn't until I became an adult or high school where I kind of really realized that I, it was not the same as everyone else. And I think that was the first encounter that I kind of started to mentally prepare what CF really was. And um, for a while, I was on a YouTube channel. We talked a lot about different aspects of CF. And one thing that came up was understanding what CF meant. And I remember there was a period when I was 12 where it was just like, I really figured out what the longevity meant. And that was something really hard to get over. And I think that's what really made me want to get so involved in the CF community. So now I'm working with so many different organizations and people and CF Foundation trying to really go back to my 12-year-old self and show people who are in that place that, you know, we're not just statistics. We're not just these numbers that people are putting on us in the middle of a, you know, in the middle of Wikipedia. Uh (laughs) So I'm now, I went through college, I graduated cum laude, and, you know, obviously I think with every CF or college is a whole different battle. So that was the period where my health got really, really bad, and I had to really buckle down and go through a lot of trials and tribulations that I think we all go through, and through that, you know, it made me stronger and, you know, definitely not the lungs anymore, but <laughs> it's definitely something that pursue, made me pursue becoming a yoga teacher, really getting involved more and, you know, going through that, it was really something that made me want to like try and help others with it. So you are a yoga instructor, um, a certified yoga instructor, as I have recently found out. Um, you know, what is, A, what does that mean? And uh, B, was that uh, something that, you know, were you motivated to pursue that because of your CF or was it just something you kind of always wanted to do? No, I hated yoga. Like, <laughs> I wholeheartedly hated it. I took one vinyasa class in college and halfway through, I'm like coughing up a lung, like didn't even know what I was doing. Didn't even know half these poses. And I'm like, forget this. This is not what's for me. Let me go do something else. And I somehow fell back into it uh, and into a different class that was definitely more suited for my abilities. <laughs> and I just kept with it. And it was at the point where I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. Like I couldn't do anything. I was on oxygen. Like, and I was having all these people like, why don't you try yoga? I'm like, yeah, let me try the one exercise that's based around breathing when I'm bad at breathing. Mm. So it was definitely a lot of push and pull, but it kept coming back to me. So I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And I tried it and it was, you know, not even just physically, but just mentally and emotionally. It was very, it was just eye opening. It was, it was a way to connect back with my body that had changed so much. Mm-hmm. 
And I really felt that that was an element that was missing because most people just think of yoga as, you know, just stretching. Okay, I have great hamstrings. I can touch my toes. And it's so much more than that. And there was an element of me that, like, not only wanted to pursue my own practice, but I wanted to show other people that, you know, CF and yoga can go hand in hand. And it's not this scary entity that you're going to suffocate mm-hmm. in the middle of a downward dog. <laughs> and so what I've really wanted to do is I wanted to get my teacher training, which is a 200-hour teacher training, which I did over the course of four months. And so you learn the anatomy, the philosophy, how to teach, how to properly teach safely, how to you know orchestrate a class and do so many things like that. And um, I loved it. But halfway through, I got sick. So I did half of my teacher training with my port accessed. <laughs> and so that was a whole nother element of the ball game. But it just, it really brought me back to how much people didn't know how much they could help themselves. And I think yoga was a really good way of me trying to get the word out in the community that this can not only help you physically, but mentally and emotionally. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of us are always looking for. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, so, I mean, it's fair to say that you think, uh, you know, practicing yoga and, you know, obviously it's a pretty rigorous form of exercise has like been instrumental in your, uh, your, your, your quote unquote recovery. Because I mean, it sounds like you were pretty sick at one point. Yeah, I was, like I said, I couldn't walk upstairs. I was on oxygen. It was, I was 21 and everyone else, you know, is going to the bars and doing all these things. And I'm like trying to, but <laughs> there's no way in reality that I could do what anyone else can do. And it was a point where I was like, well, who's going to help me out of this? And as like everyone knows, like you have to help yourself out of it. And I really had to buckle down and kind of look in the mirror and be like, what am I going to do? Like nobody is going to give me a magic pill and it's going to fix myself and I'm going to be able to walk up the flight of stairs and keep running. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I got a personal trainer and then I started to find yoga and I slowly built back up from that base of nothing up to where I am now, where I lead 75 minute yoga flow classes. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have much difference in my lung function. It's just what I've been able to then do with it. That was kind of, and that's what surprised me the most is like my lung hasn't really changed much. It's my abilities and my endurance and what actually is capable through my lung function. Mm-hmm. Like numbers are one thing, but you know, if you push yourself and you really try and get that, that exercise and really like um, work out that body, it'll do wonderful things. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you can do when your body is in condition and you know, you're in shape to, to do a- any number of different things. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, yoga sort of, ha- I don't want to say it has like a stigma attached to it, but like, it almost feels like it's just like kind of like a stretching, this, that, the other thing. Um, I, uh, I, I can only say I've, I've, only, I've only done it a handful of times. I did it when I was like in high school. We did, but we actually did it during football training camp, which Believe it or not, it's pretty funny. Um, but I, I, uh, I typically I, early in, early in the podcast, earlier in the year, we made New Year's resolutions. One of my things was to actually try a yoga class. I haven't done it yet because I actually ended up to- tearing a ligament in my foot. So I'm, uh, a, few, I'm a few months behind. I'm just kind of like getting uh, getting back to normal after like God knows how many PT sessions, which by the way is like the most boring thing oh. ever. Um, so I, I, I can tell you that it's within the next couple of weeks, it's, it is going to happen because I am kind of looking forward to it because not only talking to you and hearing, you know, your success with it and how much you really believe in it, but also, you know, people like Colleen Lewis and then of course mm-hmm. the, the CF yoga group. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, there, there certainly, it seems to be a correlation between practicing yoga or at least, you know, going through, um, you know, the exercises on a normal basis, because like you said, it is associated with breathing and, and also making mm-hmm your body stronger so uh, i think you know certainly your um 
you know, your testimonial is, you know, proof positive to the, to the benefits that it, that it can provide someone, which is also probably why you have the Salty Yogi brand, by the way, which, you know, <laughs> some of you may, may already know Chelsea. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Salty underscore Yogi. Uh, now, Chelsea, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, why, why did you kind of go into creating a brand on Instagram, sharing your, your story with CF, but also your, your journey in yoga? And of course, uh, you know, I think everyone who does follow you knows that you are, in fact, living on an island. Uh, and, you know, what, 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 what is the progression of that side of you? Well, it's really funny. I actually didn't even create that account until probably three years ago, two, three years ago. Um, and it was because I got involved with uh, Staying Salty, which is a mm -hmm. YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if it's working anymore. I don't have enough internet down here to keep <laughs> up with it. So I had to, you know, um, happily and regretfully leave, unfortunately. But um, it was essentially a yoga group that we were broadcasting different elements of what yo or yoga, sorry, CF <laughs> group. Um, see, I get all of my life mixed up. Yeah, yeah. But we, um, we would do different topics each week, and we would really try and share our experiences, our journey. And I kind of just fell into that. And it, this was at the time where I had a personal Instagram. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want everyone who's going to be watching these to be following my personal Instagram from like college and my cats and my dog and <laughs> things like that. So it really prompted me to like think about what I wanted to do. And it really prompted me to try and brand myself and brand my experience and be able to portray CF in a different light than, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes look at it and really try and break through the boundaries and show what's possible beyond CF. And that just because you have it, you're not at all limited by that. Maybe you have to do things a little differently or do something alternatively, but there's no reason that you should put that image of I can't do X, Y, or Z in your mind just because you have a disease like CF. And I think that's what really spurred me, like I said before, like back when I was little and I just didn't have any role models. I didn't have anyone to show me differently than what doctors or encyclopedias or Google was telling me. So it was really my passion to go out in there and be like, look, either you have CF or your child just got diagnosed with CF. Look at the life that I am living. Like, this is not what they portray to you in the brochures. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm not the most well off and I'm not, you know, the, the wellest person in the world lung wise. And I've been through like a crapshoot sometimes, as you'd say. But, you know, you kind of have to look on the other side of life. And, you know, we're here, we're breathing, we're doing everything. And I really try and portray the positivity that we're simply here. And we can find something to be gra like um, grateful for every day, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that salty aspect of the CF and the yogi aspect of the yoga, I wanted to tie in both elements of my world and really just show out the one that the boundaries that we set for ourselves are truly what we set for ourselves and are the, we're the only ones who can break through those. Mm -hmm. So you did mention another thing earlier is your, your cross country road trip. I want to ask you about that. Uh, you know, what was that like? It's something that I've kind of always wanted to do. It's like something that's on my like, horizon of, <laughs> of things that I want to do before I get too old, you know? Um, so what, you know, what was the motivation behind that? Why did you do it? Um, and what was it like? Well, obviously, you know, I live in the Island now. Mm -hmm. So between the transition of living in Atlanta, where my boyfriend and I lived most recently, and this island, we both kind of were like, all right, we need to transition from like, go, 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 go life to island life. And so we both had this passion to just travel. And I've done a road trip before. And he was like, we should go see Utah and Colorado. And he has this big lifted truck. And so we went, wanted to go off roading and camping and 
not the biggest camper, but I will admit this trip made me more of a camper. Uh-huh. So we packed everything up in the back of his Silverado and just drove west. We had a tentative plan, but you know, I packed enough meds for I think a month and a half and we kind of just went for it. And it was one of those elements to kind of just live life and go with, go at the seat of our pants and let things happen as they're supposed to. And of course that kind of got us into some nights where it's 30 degrees and we're in a tent cuddling next to a heater. But I mean, it makes for great stories, right? Yes, it does. And I need to know, how, how did you manage your CF on the road like that? Yeah, it was definitely very hard. I, um, I have the Monarch, thankfully. So I did it, uh, you know, uh, without having to be plugged into the wall or anything. Monarch vest, yeah. Yes, the Monarch vest. Um, so I could do my airway clearance, either in the car, in the tent, on the road, whatever it really meant that I had to do. Because I'm always, I've always been very much a person that I schedule my life around my meds. I don't try and schedule my meds into my life. And so I've become very religious on that's you know an element. If I want to have a good day, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm the and same way. So, yeah. And so no matter what, it's like, all right, well, if I'm here sitting on the side of a mountain going to a tent later, let's sit here and do it now. And for refrigeration, it was interesting. But we splurged. We bought a Yeti cooler, which keeps things cold for like years. And <laughs> so we, we had everything in there. And we really just had like kind of a moving traveling pharmacy. Uh, we would joke around. I'm like, I think I we'd like go past a uh, Walgreens. I'm like, I think I have more meds in my bag than they do in there. <laughs> Because, you know, 30, you know, like 35 days worth of anything is just like you have a satchel about this big. And, you know, there was definitely the times where I was like, it was a little hard. So we'd stay in a hotel one night and it was it was an adventure. And I think I always really pride myself in trying to challenge myself. And that was definitely one of those like, let's take on this challenge and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot of fun. And it was um, it was very doable with CF. And it, as long as you plan it out. You plan the meds, you plan exactly how you're going to do it with whether it's portable nebs or finding spaces to do it. You know, if you, that's the thing of CF. If you plan accordingly, you can definitely make anything work. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally agree. You know, I think, uh, you know, seeing you do that, certainly, uh, you know, you kind of talked about barriers and boundaries before, you know, certainly rips, rips those down one at a time, just by virtue of the fact that you're out there on the move when, uh, you know, the nebulizer at times can feel a little bit like a leash or, you know, uh, or at least the outlet of the, of, of the quote unquote vest can feel like a leash as well. But, you know, being able to, you know, now have the ability to do these things on the go and be mobile with them certainly kind of brings a whole new element uh, to uh, the CF experience. Uh, but but now I want to go back to the the island life again because it's just like just totally fascinating. The fact that you kind of just picked up and now like, <laughs> it fascinates you, everyone. <laughs> because now like, yeah, you, you just kind of picked up, moved, and like you're living in the middle of the ocean. Um, you know, I, so how how is your CF managed that way? You know what? Um, you know, you said you're you're pretty regimented with your uh, with your treatments and stuff like that. But you know how uh, how are you able to get help? God forbid you need it, or you know what is the like? Do you have contingency plans? Do you have somebody that you can see there? You know what 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 is that like? Uh, uh, you know, being a person with cystic fibrosis, such a complex illness, living uh, in a place that does feel a little bit like the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely, it was, it took a lot of uh, extra clinic visits between me and my doctors to try and figure it out in the meantime. And thankfully they were more than happy to accommodate seeing as they've known me since I was, I think, 18. And they know I'm kind of off there on the beaten path anyway. <laughs> so they're like, well, this isn't surprising. All right. Um, and it was almost, it almost put all of our minds at ease that I did grow up here. So we knew it, you know, it wasn't a death sentence to come somewhere like this. I actually was the healthiest I'd ever been in my life when I was down here. 
whether it was, you know, the lifestyle or the fact that I live in a hypertonic saline bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, so that kind of put our mind at ease a little bit just because it was an uncharted territory. We had done it before. You know, we had generators set up at the house. We have water. Like, we have all these elements that, like, I've had people ask me questions of how do you get X, Y, and Z? How do you get electricity? I'm like, yes, the electricity goes out a lot, but we have a generator to go combat. Like, anything that could go wrong, we had to think way ahead of time of, if this happened, how could we combat that? And same with getting meds down here. Like te- technically the US Virgin Islands is considered international. So I went through a battle for a month or so with like Walgreens uh, specialty pharmacy and a few other specialty pharmacies trying to get meds down here. And thankfully like through the work of my clinic and um, myself, like we were able to figure it out. And now I have the one person that I always talk to on speed dial <laughs> in case I ever need anything. And trying to find those people in, you know, those um, companies and organizations that really are weren't willing to help you and someone who kind of understands your case. I've always done that, just having somebody, you know, the extension number to be like, hey, this is the person I need to know who knows me, who knows what's going on, who knows how to get everything done. And that's really helped. Um, getting down here is a whole different demon. Like, we definitely know, and we talked with my clinic that if I were to ever get sick, thankfully right now my health is the most stable it's been in a long time. But it's, you know, there's, you're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop in some element. And um, we talk about that a lot. And we have a uh, kind of, I guess, like escape plan with my clinic and their like evac unit and everything. If that were to ever happen, if I were to get in a position where I couldn't get on a plane and get to them. Uh Um, So we have explored all those. And we're just, you know, obviously like hoping that never has to happen since I am so stable. And since, you know, Sendeco's out and the triple combo's coming out, like, we're hoping that that just continues on and continues going upward at this point. Uh-huh. Cool. So, I mean, it certainly sounds like uh, your life the past year or so has been uh, sort of uh, run by a lot of different plans and uh, and planning ahead in a lot of different ways. Uh, so I know you've also been able to travel to like kind of some far-reaching parts of the world, you know, some different corners of the world that uh, wouldn't, you know, be, you know, pretty typical for someone in the CF. What has that been like? Where have you gone? And, uh, you know, what do you say to other people who are, you know, thinking about those kinds of trips? Yeah, I I think there's an element of me when I really sat with what CF was and what CF meant for me, there there is a a part of me that wanted to just milk every element of life out of it. And, you know, that obviously meant like traveling, seeing everything, like experiencing anything I can just because of the fragility of life that it shows you. And so there was definitely an element of me that was like, well, okay, I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow. Let's go. And obviously you can't do that with CF. But I knew that was an element of my life that I really wanted to pursue. So one of the first big trips I ever made was to Thailand, which was a 24-hour flight, when the most I'd ever been on was like from the east to the west coast of the United States. So it was definitely a big leap. And maybe I'm just a big leaper to begin with. But so I went to Thailand three and a half years ago. And ever since then, I've kind of just had that travel bug of trying to go and see everything and, you know, going... I've had a few people like go to Thailand since then who messaged me and they're like, how, how do I sterilize? How do I do things like that? And you know, I think maybe in a way, like not a lot of people were traveling when I first started traveling. And so I kind of had to figure it out a lot on my own, uh, you know, how to sterilize. Like I have a collapsible tea kettle now because I had the microwave bags blow up on me in the middle of it. I had so many things that I was just like, well, okay, that doesn't work. Let's try something new. And I think that's that's life, though. That's life is about trials and tribulations and trying to work through the elements that you can't foresee and try and 
have that make you grow stronger and make you more confident because you've now overcome such an obstacle. And so going to all these different places, I first went to Thailand, I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to Honduras, Guatemala. I recently did, recently, like two years ago, (laughs) did a month and a half long backpacking trip through Europe. So I went to seven different countries, all with my meds. I had to sacrifice clothing versus med room. So if you see any pictures, I'm wearing the same thing pretty much every time. (laughs) But it's it's one of those things you have to compromise when you have CF, I guess. Uh, that was that was amazing. That was definitely, like I said about the, the road trip, it took a lot of planning. It took a lot of double-checking how many meds I had, double-checking everything, making sure with my clinic everything was like set in stone. And also an element that I think a lot of people leave out is just having the confidence in myself, having the confidence mm-hmm. to know that, you know, if you think anything's going to go wrong, it's more than likely it's going to because you're manifesting that element of your trip. Whereas I go into it maybe a little too confident where I'm like, it'll be great. It'll be fine. And trying to get myself in that mindset so that if something does happen, I'm already in the place of confidence and control where I can then overcome that rather than being beaten down by it and trying to, you know, retreat back. Mm -hmm. I think really is the mindset of it, of going into it with a positive mindset and with Mm -hmm. a conquering mindset of, hey, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. And I'm going to make it happen. So I'm wondering if, all, if you ever get a thought like on the way to the airport, because I, I travel a bunch for work and I like occasionally like, on the way to the airport, I'm like, oh my God, did I pack my, oh my, my Zopinex? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you ever get those thoughts and feelings where you're going somewhere? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I, I've done it before. Like I've forgotten something. Like I've flat out forgotten like Pomazon in the fridge because I wanted to keep it refrigerated before I left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... Thankfully, that was like, uh, you know, a, a little trip so I could have somebody like shit me it. Um, and I've also done it where I've forgotten Creon or uh, Zenpep. And I'm like, <laughs> emergency call my clinic. I'm like, will you please send it to Walgreens there? It's in the middle of nowhere. Please just help me. Um, so I've, I've gone over those hurdles. And I think because I've gone over those, I have like a checklist where I think I check it probably way too many times than I should. Where I'm just like, right, you are all there. You are you are 100% there. Let me throw in a few more albuterol just in case. And uh, it's definitely, it's always going to be there. I think it's its just like if you don't even have CF and you go to the airport and you're like, did I ever remember my charger? Could I yeah, unplug uh-huh. my hair straightener? Could I like, did, is there something else that I didn't forget? Like, where's my iPad cord? Or like something like that. Like very irrelevant, but something that you're like, oh my gosh, what, ha- what if I didn't bring it? So I think I think that's just that's human nature. Oh no, it, it totally is. I, uh, I I I was I, I forget where I was going. I, it was like within the last month or so. I'm like probably like ten minutes like on the road, you know, on the way to the airport. And I'm like, as I'm there, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I don't have my Pomazon. Like, oh. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Like, I got to turn around, have to do it. Go back, turn around, grab the Pomazon, and then start the trip all over again. It's like, oh, those. That was, like, those mornings when I'm packing just never get any easier. Uh, so I, <laughs> hearing you and talk about it certainly gives me some sort of, like, a sense of community of being like, okay, I'm not the only one who are forgetting these things. Um, <laughs> you too many times, and I still travel. And, you know, even after all the planes I've been on, there's, it happens every once in a while. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, 
All right, Joe Chelsea, we're, we're almost out of time here. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we always like to give uh, our guests, like, you know, the last parting word. You know, what kind of advice do you have for people who, you know, let's, let's, we'll give like a three-part question here. You know, advice you want to give to people who may be thinking about getting into yoga, people who may be, you know, thinking about mo- making a giant move. Like, I'm actually making a giant move at the end of the summer going back to school. And then, you know, a, a third uh, a third uh, piece of advice. You know, what do you say to people who, like, want to get into traveling? Mm-hmm. Along with so CF. So people who want to get into yoga, it's definitely, you know, it's, so you meet yourself on your mat where you are. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Comparison is a thief of joy. And if you're really comparing yourself to somebody doing some crazy backbend on an Instagram post that you saw, you're going to feel bad about yourself. So come to a mat or come to a towel or a rug, whatever you have. If it's calling to you to try this and you think it's going to help you, meet yourself where you are and accept your own body. And that's what yoga is all about. It's learning to accept you as you are and love the body that you're given. And that's why I think it's so good for CF is you really learn how to integrate your own elements into your body. So you see all of these different things, but there's modifications. There's so many things that you can make the practice your own and really give yourself compassion and allow that transition to happen. I didn't go from not being able to walk up a flight of stairs to what I'm doing right now overnight. It took three, four years. So it, it doesn't happen overnight and realize that, you know, yesterday might be worse than today or today might be worse than yesterday, but consistency and sticking with it is what's going to help you in the end. And that's the hardest part sometimes, but it's worth it in the end, whether you gain any lung function or not, like I guarantee you, you are going to feel better about yourself, whether it's mentally, physically, or any element of it. Mm-hmm. And then the other parts of the question, uh, you, know, you know, for folks who, you know, I think people with CF kind of feel tied to maybe where they're either where they grew up or, you know, where they currently are. What's it like uh, going through a move and what do you have to say to those people? I think I think it's everyone's very different. A lot of people don't want to move. A lot of people do want to move. And I don't think any, it makes anyone right or wrong. But if you feel that in yourself that you want to make a change and you want to move and you want to do something, take the Take the, you know, the bull by the horns and do that. Like, but also know that with CF, like you have to plan that forward. You can't just show up in a place and be like, okay, so I think I'm going to go to this clinic. I've never called them before. Try and plan it ahead of time. That's what I've done every time. It's, you know, search out where a good clinic is. Maybe do research on the clinic, research about the place, try and set yourself up for success. Just jumping into something is never going to be the most easy thing to do so trying to set yourself up for success and trying to see foresee all those you know those potholes that you're going to run into ahead of time so that you can learn how to navigate through mm-hmm. them also having a big support system whether it's friends family it's so important you know to rely on people whether they're a phone call away or a skype away or just having those people and being able to rely on them and say hey look i really wanted to move here but it's hard will you help me through it and really relying on them. And I think it's sometimes hard for people with CF to rely on others because we're so self-sufficient. But there's that element of when you move, you have to say, hey, like, I need help. And accepting that help sometimes can be the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I've encountered a lot. So setting yourself up, really getting in touch with that clinic and really getting in touch with where you want to be in your life and sitting with that what you want mm-hmm. to do and what will make you happy. And that's where you have to go from. I, you know, I kind of, like building on that, I kind of get, get this vibe that, like, 
people sometimes think that their like care providers or uh, other people in their lives like won't be receptive to ideas, and I, I've like found that to be like completely false. Like you know, you, you're never really going to run into somebody that's not supportive of what you're trying to do, and and if they are someone that's like either giving you like like supremely negative like critical feedback, then you just there's no reason to even listen to that person, you know. So um, you know, I think that's that's really good advice. You know, leaning on your support system, of course, looking for the clinic, um, and you know, making sure that you know you, you do have all your ducks in a row. Like that's that's really what it comes down to and making sure that you, you know, like you sort of like you have, you know, in St. Thomas, you know, you, you, you basically prepared for every single contingency plan possible. Um, well, health is great, but happiness is like, if you're healthy and you're not happy, what is that going to get yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, a, that's another really good point. Um, well, Chelsea, thank you for joining the podcast. This has been great. Um, of course, our listeners, they can find you at, at salty underscore Yogi, especially on YouTube. And I think you also have a Facebook page too, right? Um, yeah. So, salty Yogi. Yes, the Salty Yogi. Somebody took Salty Yogi, so I'm the Salty Yogi on Facebook. <laughs> the Salty Yogi. Okay, that, well, that's good to know. Um, well, Chelsea, again, thank you so much. I will let you get back to the beach. Uh, it's raining here in New York, so I uh, consider me jealous of, uh, of of where you're living right now. Yeah, don't worry. I just won't pan the computer around. Just imagine it's raining here, too. <laughs> okay, perfect. That, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Um, well, thank you, Chelsea, and uh, this has been great. Thank you so much, Gunner. All right, a big thanks to Chelsea for coming on the podcast. Uh, I had a really good time doing that interview. Um, I really enjoyed that. He- hearing about her living, by the way, in uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, where there is yeah. no cystic fibrosis center, is uh, absolutely wild, by the way. I can't believe that. That's crazy. But St. Thomas is so nice. Oh, I know. When, I, when, we, when we were doing the interview, she kept making the joke. She was like, I'm not going to turn my computer around so you uh, so you feel so you feel worse than you already do. It was like when I did the interview, it was like pouring rain outside. It was just oh like, oh, you got to be kidding so me. So different. I know. I know. I know. Uh, but anyways, all right, let's take it to your interview now. You did an interview with uh, Karen Von Berg. Yeah. Um, so Karen is a PT and she works with cystic fibrosis patients. So let's go. Okay. So I'm joined with Karen Von Berg, who is a physical therapist at John Hopkins. So hi, Karen. How are you doing? I'm great, Tiff. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so happy to have you on. I'm very honored to have you on because you are such a big part of Leah's life, and you helped her so much. So it's good why to be you... here. Yeah. It's kind of bittersweet, but yeah. I'm happy to be doing this. Yeah, well, I'm so happy you're here. So I really want to know about your life and how you got into physical therapy. So why don't you tell us about your life? All right. So I have been a PT for over 20 years now, and I originally got interested probably when I was in junior high because it just seemed like something that was interesting. I originally saw myself as a sports medicine physical therapist, but then I ended up at Johns Hopkins for one of my clinicals, a six-week kind of internship while I was in PT school and interviewed while I was there, worked there, and obviously Hopkins is a big CF center, so I discovered CF and the rest is history. I've been there almost 20 years now. That's a, that's like a long time. That's amazing. It really to, is. To, it's be a real in long one, time. to be in one center, especially. Yep. And but it's I, been great because I've had the opportunity. I started on the inpatient side and that's where I got to know just a small handful of mm-hmm. our patients. But mm-hmm. then the opportunity arose to get more involved in the outpatient clinic. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been doing that for a couple less years than I've been on the inpatient side. Um, but it's just 
it's been amazing. It's yeah. truly where my passion is in PT and you can't get it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I'm still there. Yeah, I, I wish I had you over here <laughs> in California. <laughs> um, so can you explain what PT is, physical therapy? Sure. Um, as far as CF goes, physical therapy, originally our role was, or historically I should say, uh, more for airway clearance. Mm-hmm. Um, physical therapists were around before the respiratory therapy profession oh. evolved. And so physical therapists did the beating on the chest Mm -hmm. and group exercise, um, which obviously is no longer because of infection control. Um, And then as the respiratory profession evolved, it's interesting. It seems as if certain parts of the country, PTs held on to the airway clearance stuff and other parts of the country, RTs started doing it. Mm -hmm. So by me going to school in the Northeast, in Boston, and then, you know, moving not too far away down to Hopkins. Those are kind of regions where PTs held on to the airway clearance. So that was our um, original foot in the door, I guess, so to speak, in CF clinic is that we did airway clearance. But the other ways where PT can help with CF um, are some of the more traditional things that you would think of in terms of physical therapy, aligning posture, making sure we have good posture, we have good range of motion, good strength, that our muscles are balanced, that we can move our bodies in a pain-free way Mm -hmm. to do the things we want to do, to have a good quality of life. Um, Other areas um, that have emerged in recent decade or so in terms of CF and PT are incontinence, um, both leakage of urine and leakage of stool, which can happen in people with CF, Mm -hmm. Um, and also having vestibular issues. So issues with balance, some of the medications that people with CF may be on can cause damage to the inner ear, which Mm -hmm. not only affects hearing, where it may be a ringing in the ear and hearing loss, Mm -hmm. but can also affect uh, one of our balance centers. So that's another area that PT can help. So it's really a ton of stuff that we can do to help people who have CF. Yeah, it's crazy that you can do so much with physical therapy other than chest PT. Just getting all the mucus Just the chest PT, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's really interesting that you say about... um, the urine output because when I was getting very sick, I would pee all the time. It was really embarrassing. And like I had a, I probably had to change my pants like three times a day because of that forceful cough and the bladders just could not handle it. I guess it's the bladder floor or something. Yeah, the the muscles that support underneath the bladder floor. Um, It's a combination of that excessive force that's Mm -hmm. generated, the the pressure that's generated with all the coughing, Mm -hmm. combined with the posture that your body goes into when you cough. When you cough, yeah, your body tends to round forward and puts those pelvic floor muscles in a very shortened position Mm -hmm. where they can't function the way they need to function. And you can also think of it like, um, muscles that work for sprinters versus mm-hmm. muscles that work for marathon runners. Okay. A little cough or a sneeze here and there, mm-hmm. most of us can work our muscles to keep the urine in. Yes. That's a sprint. Okay. But when it comes to CF, yeah. it's more of a marathon with yeah. all the coughing that you do and all that bearing down on those muscles. So right. it's important to make sure the muscles have the strength mm-hmm. and the length and the endurance that they need to be able to 
to keep you dry. Um, But it it, it can be a a big, a big stress on quality of life. Like I'm sure it limited you from going out of the house Mm -hmm. or needing to think about bringing extra changes of clothes. Um, and it is, unfortunately people look at as a very embarrassing thing Mm -hmm. and they, they don't always talk to their doctors or nurses or PTs about it. Um, either because they're embarrassed or they may think that this doesn't relate to my CF. You right. know, I'm here to talk to the doctor about mm-hmm. my lungs, right. not about peeing my pants. Yeah, no, it's uh, true, for sure. Because I, I don't even think I really told them until it was, like, really serious. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. And that it's crazy how the forceful cough does that. And it does a whole bunch of other stuff, like you said, to the body. Yeah. And it's great that PT works with all of that. Because I, so when I was pre-transplant, they had me at pulmonary rehab. So I'm wondering, and they didn't go through that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering how, what the difference is between pulmonary rehab and PT. So pulmonary rehab tends to be more of a group setting. Mm -hmm. And as you may have noticed, it isn't with other people your age, not necessarily (laughs) with your peers. Usually it's elderly people that are involved in pulmonary rehab. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think pulmonary rehab tends to be more focused on building endurance, building strength, providing education for energy conservation, or not necessarily for people with CF, Mm -hmm. but for those, the older patients who are there, Mm -hmm. it's smoking cessation, because that may be a reason why a lot of them ended up there, which that isn't going to be applicable to you um, or others with CF. So it, it... Big difference, pulmonary rehab to PT, pulmonary rehab, group setting, Mm -hmm. kind of generic overview, and not all centers have a physical therapist running it. Mm -hmm. It may be run by an exercise physiologist or a nurse. There's always going to be a physician as part of it, Mm -hmm. um, a respiratory therapist. So they may not know all of the other pieces, or even Mm -hmm. if they do, they don't have the time to do the one-on-one that would happen Mm -hmm. in PT. Mm -hmm. Um, So PT, um, obviously we're not going to have group sessions for people with CF. (laughs) um, And we're going to do an individualized assessment and Mm -hmm. find out where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. What are your goals? What are your functional goals? What do you want to be able to do better, to Mm -hmm. do more of? And then work with you to balance out the muscles, the pain, the posture, mm. the pee, right. all of the above to, to get you where you, you would like to be. Yeah. So you said the, the assessment. So I'm wondering what goes into the assessment because I heard Leah talk about this. It was probably mm-hmm. about every three weeks with the CF patient or something that you would do an assessment. So let me first talk about okay. in the, the clinic setting. Okay. Um, and I also want to mention, cause I know not all CF centers have a physical therapist in right. the clinic, but the CF foundation has really been working to bring more PTs into centers. Yeah. And about three years ago, they put a grant out that partially funded physical therapists in CF centers for mm-hmm. close to 40 centers. Wow. Um, and just recently another 20 plus centers received the second round of okay. the grant. So for people okay. listening who may not have a PT involved, mm-hmm. um, hopefully you do soon. Yeah. And if you want one, let your care team know, mm-hmm. um, be an advocate for yeah. you and the other people at your centers to try and get involved. So in the clinic, uh, what we do is aim for 
an annual assessment. Okay. So we try to see all patients at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And it's really a quick screening visit. And if we find anything that's going on, we may do a little bit more detailed assessment or we may recommend more one-on-one PT. Because mm-hmm. as you as you and others listening know better than anyone else, clinic visits can be quite lengthy as is. Yes. So we try and make the PT portion as thorough as we can within a limited amount of time. So because at Hopkins, PTs are the primary providers of airway clearance also, we talk about airway clearance. What's working? What isn't working? Are you doing it to the best of your ability? Do we need to try something else? Mm -hmm. Um, I ask about pain. I ask about the incontinence. I ask about balance and dizziness. Mm -hmm. I look at posture. And it's really just a quick eyeball look at things when the patient's sitting and standing. I have them do some movements with their shoulders, raising the arms overhead, and also bending to the side and doing some measurements to look at how much stretch there is through the chest wall. Um, Because that can tell me about, is the chest able to expand with you as you take a breath in, or is your outer shell really limiting you? Um, in addition to the CF in the lungs. Um, So posture, range of motion. um, In our pediatric clinic, we have a little more space. We're looking at strength also. We have patients do a plank. We have them do some abdominal things where we're looking at abdominal strength and are they using those core muscles um, in a sequence that they should. Um, sometimes we'll try and get an exercise assessment in also where Mm. it might be standing up and sitting down as many times as possible in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. That was, um, one of Leah's least favorite things (laughs) to do. Me too. (laughs) And you'd never know like just one minute of work, how taxing it can be, not just on the lungs, but on Mm -hmm. on the leg muscles as well. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have uh, anything in place yet to do more formal exercise testing regularly, but some patients will imp- implement more formal exercise testing where they're looking at your oxygen and your your uh, blood gases and all that while you're on an exercise bike or on mm-hmm. a treadmill. Um, and there are some other, the six-minute walk test you oh, probably yeah. did a number of oh, times so while you were times. waiting for long. That was so exhausting. Six yeah. minutes is a long time. Just if anybody's watching or listening, six minutes, you don't think it's that long, but when you start doing it, it and is you're trying, so long. Yeah, you're trying to cover as much distance as you can in mm-hmm. that six minutes. There are some other field tests like that that we yeah. can do, um, a three-minute step test yes. where you step up and down one step as um, to the beat of a metronome. So oh. you're keeping pace with the metronome for three minutes. Okay. Um, there's also a shuttle walk test, which mm-hmm. is similar to the pacer test that a lot of kids do in gym class, where, again, it's pre-recorded audio and you have to keep pace with it. Okay. Um, so anyway, that, that was a lot of talking, but really that takes me 10 to 15 minutes to go okay. through um, that stuff in clinic, right. um, the exercise testing not included. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when one-on-one PT, I will do more a more thorough evaluation. I'm looking at more objective mm-hmm. measurements, so more measurements with the tape measure. Um, uh, with Leah, we took pictures a couple okay. of times a year to really for her to be able to see and for me to be able to see what was changing, what mm-hmm. was getting better. Um, and then it was about every month that we had to do a reassessment. That's the 
the law in Maryland, right. um, kind of the rules and regulations that I have to follow to maintain my license. Mm-hmm. So it would be the either the three minute step or the okay. six minute walk okay. um, and some of the other measurements that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, clinic once a year. Okay. If they're coming to PT regularly, it is more like an every 30 days okay. or so reassessment. Oh, that's yeah, that's a that's a lot. Just like just even though it's 10 to 15 minutes, that's a lot for you to just examine and just see mm-hmm. just from your eye to see what they would might might need, which is really cool because we don't like you said the the clinic visits are hours and hours and we don't you know sometimes it's like by the time more people come in it's like are we done yet yeah <laughs> but that's yeah. great that you, you that all these centers are getting PTs because I never got one when I was going through CF clinic I still go just to see them sometimes but I'm more at yeah. Stanford now with transplant clinic. But um, yep. I do go to a PT now after transplant, which has been so helpful because of the leg muscles and, you know, yeah. um, being on a steroid and stuff. I'm sure with all the medicines, like you said, those are hard on the body. And it's yeah. not like I can um, get more, like, get the muscle strength from having all of that. Um, it's a lot harder to yeah. to build back up. Exactly. From going through the transplant and then all the medications that you're on make it mm-hmm. make it that much harder. Yeah. So when you have the one-on-one sessions, what's mm-hmm. the time length that you usually think that works the best best for a patient with CF? I really gauge it by what the patient needs. Okay. Um, I, when I first see a patient in PT, it's, it's usually because I met them in clinic or one of our other clinic PTs met them and mm-hmm. said, Hey, we think you could benefit from this. I will usually block off two hours for that okay. first visit. Wow. Um, because usually there's a lot of education mm-hmm. to do. Um, yeah. It's not so much that we want to be working you for that full two mm-hmm. hours. Oh, yeah, that'd be exhausting. <laughs> talking about the importance of really just setting up the basics of mm-hmm. that posture. Uh-huh. Because if you don't have that core set up with good posture, mm-hmm. the rest of your muscles, the rest of your body can't do what it needs to do mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to live. For sure. <laughs> Um, so going through the education piece, um, we don't always use the full two hours, but I like to at least have that. So I'm not feeling rushed with the patient. And then from there for the follow-up visits, um, as I know is the case for most CF centers, Mm -hmm. patients aren't just coming from the neighborhood Mm -hmm. to go there. They're driving quite a distance. So, um, it all depends on what the patient is able to do when they're able to come back. If they're not able to come back very often, I'll make the visits a little bit longer. Um, for someone like Leah who was coming weekly, um, our visits were usually 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes, sometimes longer than that, but really it's, it's a case by case basis for Mm -hmm. what the patient's goals are, Mm -hmm. their availability, their, their willingness to participate. Yeah, that's, uh, I know that helped Leah so much and she had so much gratitude towards you for doing it. And I think, I think she was my biggest fan ever. Yeah. No, like- <laughs> seriously. I heard about you all the time, always asked about PT and she was like, okay, I got so much mucus out today. You know, it was all exhausting, but it helped. So yeah. that goes to my next question. What exercise do you think is the best to get out mucus? Any exercise is good exercise. I'm going to leave a blanket statement like that. I agree. Um, But there are certain exercises that are going to be better than others. Yeah. Um, Things like things that have impact. Okay. 
um, Mm -hmm. picture running or jumping on a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Every time your foot or your feet hit the ground or hit the trampoline, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a mini huff that is created in your lungs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're getting that kind of airway clearance component at the same time you're building strength in your legs. At the same same time, you're getting those cardiovascular benefits Mm -hmm. as well. Um, and hopefully not at the same time you're peeing your pants. Yeah, (laughs) no, so true. Yeah. I remember Um, when I was younger, trampoline helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Trampoline can be Mm -hmm. great. And I know some parents are are really worried, like trampoline safe (laughs) and you know, there are all these injuries and just like anything else as a parent, you have to set limits. It can't be 10 kids jumping around at the same time. Um, so anyway, yeah, trampoline running, all those things are like mini huffs. They're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for people who aren't at the, the running level, mm-hmm. who just maybe aren't doing any exercise at all, but want to get started. One of my favorite things is just stretching. Yes. That's exhausting putting, to do that. <laughs> putting great. your body in different yeah. positions. Um, like we spend a lot of time sitting up or standing Mm -hmm. or maybe lying flat on our back. But if you lie on your side, it's going to change the way, um, your lungs are ventilated, Mm -hmm. right? So in addition to putting yourself in a stretch position on your side, you're also going to get benefits from ventilating your lungs differently, which Mm -hmm. can have those airway clearance effects. Mm -hmm. Anything that's going to open up your chest because as we mentioned earlier all that coughing just kind of you hunch forward with it but anything that's going to really open up your stretch even just sitting there right now and Mm -hmm. uh I'm going to stand up a little bit no money exercise is one of my favorites if you have your your elbows bent Mm -hmm. and just open up like no money (laughs) <laughs> You've got no money. Yes. And you, what you're doing is opening up across the chest okay. and pinching your shoulder blades uh-huh. together in the back, right. right? That's strengthening the muscles on the back side, mm-hmm. stretching the muscles on the front side, mm-hmm. and doing it with a, a breath in as you open up and then a, yeah. a breath out as you come back together. So you're getting that little bit more air in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So stretching is a, a wow. great, great place to start. And mm-hmm. there are you know, I, I mentioned only a couple, but there are really a lot of different stretches yeah. um, that are helpful for opening the chest and changing the position mm-hmm. of the body to get that ventilation going mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I'm so happy you joined us today. And I learned a lot and I hope the listeners did. I'm going to ha- let you have the final say if you want to add anything. And yeah. Um, hmm. You're putting me on the spot here. (laughs) Um, I think just, you know, I know Leah got a lot of questions, like how do I get PT? And um, I know she fielded a lot of those things. That was one of the reasons she wanted me to come on the Breathe In podcast so that the questions would get routed to me and not her. (laughs) Um, But I really think being an advocate for yourself, as I mentioned earlier, talking to your care center, even if your center doesn't have a physical therapist involved, ask for a referral to PT. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my patients because they're, they're not local. They're not all going to drive into downtown Baltimore and come right. to weekly appointments or even twice a month or once mm-hmm. a month appointments. Go find a local PT. They do not need to know pulmonary. They do not need to know CF. And have that PT reach out to your center coordinator, whether it's mm-hmm. the doctor or the nurse or the respiratory therapist. They can get some basic information about CF. Um, because personal trainers, physical therapists, 
maybe scared off. I've heard everything Mm -hmm. from my heart rate is too high. Mm -hmm. My personal trainer won't let me do Mm -hmm. any exercise, any aerobic exercise, Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to gain weight. So we're only doing um, Mm -hmm. strength training. We're not doing any aerobic conditioning. And my answer to that is always exercise is an appetite stimulant. (laughs) You exercise, you're going to want to eat more. Mm -hmm. You're going to build muscle and want to take more calories in. Mm -hmm. So I think just that, that communication piece, like you don't have to have a CF specific physical therapist to go to, but work with your care team to get where you need to be. If you're having pain, if you're having dizziness, if you're peeing, if Mm -hmm. you're pooping your pants, um, if you just want to learn the right exercises to do. Um, those are all, uh, things that PT can help with. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for coming on and thank you for being such a, making an impact on Leah's life and now ours. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right, and a big thanks to Karen for doing that interview. Yeah. Uh, very cool to hear from uh, Leah's physical therapist. Uh, yeah. Certainly um, certainly brought back a lot of memories for me. Yeah, me too. And I just love how PT helps cystic fibrosis patients, and people don't know enough about that. So that that's is, great. That is true. Uh, well, we want, to, we want to say thanks to our guests again for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, this is the first episode of CF Awareness Month. Uh, you can look forward to uh, more episodes with sprint interviews or segmented interviews throughout the rest of the month. Remember, if you're listening yeah. to us on iTunes, to give us a five-star rating as well five as, star. yes, a five stars for uh, Chelsea and Karen today. And then, yeah. of course, uh, a rating, and I mean, a review as well. And then, of course, subscribe. Yeah. You can also listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and GunnerOfSize.com. And then, of course, our Instagram is what? At breathe underscore and underscore pod. And that is our email as well. Breathe underscore pod underscore and underscore pod at a size. Yes, breathe in pod at a size. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Gunnar Siasen. That's Tiffany Rich. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye.